Hey, hey, Prime members, talking to you. You can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. In 2011, peaceful pro-democracy protests in Syria led to violence when the government, led by President Bashar al-Assad, killed hundreds of demonstrators in eastern Aleppo and imprisoned many more. Wad al-Khadib was a university student at the time. She started filming to document the protest. She kept her camera recording for the next five years capturing the bombings and the violence of the siege. But not just that. She fell in love, she got married, she had a child, and kept on filming. (laughs) So the result of all that filming was an Oscar-nominated frontline documentary called Forsama, which Wad calls a love letter to her daughter. I'm Gail King. I'm Anthony Mason. And I'm Tony DeCopel. And this is the CBS This Morning Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Green, a CBSN and CBS Morning News anchor. Director and producer Wad Al-Khatib joins me now here in New York. Thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the nomination. Thank you so much for having me. Very well deserved. So let me tell you, you had me in the first couple of minutes of this documentary Because you talk about how your mother would tell you to be careful, to be good. And you were not always careful and good. Yeah. But you didn't understand the weight of her words until you had your daughter, Sama. So I have a daughter, too. Yeah. And you had me at that moment because I understand that feeling. When you look into that little face and... You remember everything your parents said or everything your parents said that you loved or that hurt you. Yeah. And you, you want none of the bad for that child and only the good. Explain why you call this a love letter to your daughter. So uh, it's really like having Sama. And as a young mom, it's, re- it's, it's really changed my life, mm-hmm. uh, changed my feeling and my understanding to the whole world around me. And I'm sure... Even when I was there, I'm I'm the same at, as any mom all over the world. Sometimes under all that bad circumstances, the very like hard and tough uh, sound of the aircrafts when I know that I could be killed like after one minute. When I was living with Sama, looking at her face, all that fears, you know, was coming to my mind. But at the same time, so many minutes I was just forgetting where I am and all the bad things. And I'm just happy because I have this baby. So I just felt this is an experience really changed the whole understanding for our suffering, for our struggle, for our fighting. 
Now I'm not just like fighting for myself or for the future or for for my country. I'm fighting for my baby. Mm-hmm. So before all of that, when you're a college student, you show a little bit of that. You started filming then, and you show the initial protests, which are like the sort of thing that happens on campus everywhere, right? They're spray painting uh, the walls, sort of you know slogans against Bashar al-Assad. This happens everywhere on college campuses. Why did you start filming, and did you know? what you were witnessing at that point uh like of course i was like i know that and i was so aware as all the syrians what happened in syria in 2011 was like it broke the whole fears that we lived through for like 40 years mm. uh we were uh like grow up to believe that bashar al-assad or assad the family uh, they are stay forever. They don't like die. You know, they don't be changed. Yeah. And suddenly the revolution like broke all that fears, all that. Uh, we had a dream. Suddenly we had a dream. Mm-hmm. And for us, like something unbelievable. The first protest I ever like joined, I, th- I couldn't speak out. I couldn't do anything. I was freezing in my place, just watching what's happening around and, you know, like the regime denied everything was happening and they were trying to destroy the will of the people, arrested people, beating students and trying to say there was nothing, you know. So it was our duty and our responsibility to carry any kind of evidence. And for me, as so many other activists at the university, we started to record by our phones at the beginning. And later on, we start to improve our skills and our equipment to just document everything was happening. Mm-hmm. And very early on in this, you see that speaking out means risking your life because yeah. there are literally bodies showing up in the river and it, be- it becomes very real. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the regime from minute one decided that this is can't happen in Syria. And for the Syrian people who lived in very corrupted country, violence all the time, like very secure country, which is like the security forces controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a phrase in Syria before that even if you saw something in your dream, like as you're sleeping against the regime, the security forces will come to arrest you the next day. So we, we've never like felt that base or dream mm-hmm. or freedom, you know. And suddenly that happened. So it was for us like there's no return. If we return now, there's no hope at all for any future in our country. While if we spoke out now and we stand against these people, we had a chance to live in our country as we really want. Mm-hmm. And so that is what happens. And as the time passes, the regime begins to close in on eastern Aleppo, which is becomes sort of the last stronghold almost against uh, Bashar al-Assad. And you were there the entire time. And so it goes from a population of uh, people protesting to a population of people under siege. There are bombs dropping, Aleppo is starting to crumble, and you guys are hanging on. And in the middle of all of this, you have a very good friend. Yeah. And he's just a friend. He's a doctor. Yeah. And you fall in love. He expresses his love to you in the middle of the emergency room, trying to save lives. You are watching lives slip away, and you're trying to hold on to your camera and keep your composure. And he cannot bear to look at you crying. And in the middle of that, he says, I love you. Yeah. Like it was one of the moments when, you know, like when you feel that I don't know if I'm if I can do more or not. I don't know if I'm like just will collapse now. And this is the end 
of my feeling, of my emotional, of my self. And suddenly you feel that someone take you up and hold you so tight and like telling you that what you are doing is the right thing and we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And this is just one simple story of that. But we were feeling that through everything was happening. Mm-hmm. The love story between me and Hamza was so obvious for everyone around. It wasn't obvious for us. And we had so many different challenges before we get to that point. Uh, everyone has his own life. We have like our, our own plans for the future. And suddenly you feel that in that situation, you need just to ignore everything, to cancel everything in your life. Mm-hmm. You will die tomorrow and you need to finish the last day of your life with someone who you really love and you really believe in. It was so hard even to take that, that decision because in that situation, related yourself to any other person, that means that you will have the fears more and more. You know, like you don't want to be related to anyone because right. if you can anything, lose them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That fears was like all the time happening. But we just were able to do that. And as I mentioned, the same feeling when I had Sama to really forget everything about what's happening around and just feel that moment. That's really like happened with Hamza exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we were our wedding, you know, like yeah. the, you can hear the sound of the uh, shelling outside, but you just like you can ignore it. You can feel like it's not happening and you can just focus on that music and dance on that and just like enjoy that moment because simply it could be the last minute in your life so i don't want to give too much away but you do get married and you do have a daughter sama and in the process of that you're building a hospital your husband as well as a number of volunteers you build the hospital from basically nothing and and that is where increasingly people are coming uh, for treatment because there's no place else to go um and so he is so busy that you end up all moving as a family into the hospital. Yeah. Because you need him all the time. Um, and so it's this, under these incredible circumstances. You're right. You can hear the bombs dropping in the distance and then eventually coming closer and closer to you, hitting the hospital at one point, one of the hospitals. Um, you're living, um, you know, in one room and just down the hall, the floors are soaked in blood. But still, you're getting married. You're cracking jokes. You're living and it reminded me of um, a saying, and I don't know who said this. I'm sure somebody very famous, but it's something along the lines of the curse and the blessing of humanity is our ability to adapt. Yeah. But as I watched, there were times that you look to me like crabs in a pot of water. And I wanted to scream, you're being boiled to death. You should leave. When you watch the video now, do you think... What was I thinking? Yes. Mm. And at the same time, I feel that I'm looking back to something. I really can feel every minute in the film. And that was obvious when I did the voiceover for the film. I'm so proud of that time. I'm so proud of that experience. And even though all that's like suffering and pain and death, I'm really still like would love to be back to that place. I can't feel any meaning in anything in this life a part of that place and that thing that we were trying to do there. Explain that to me. I don't know, you know, like it's yeah. it's something, you know, like we believe in freedom and democracy and we felt in one point this is something we can't have it. And suddenly you were able to be in one step for that journey and you feel people around you, all of them has so much hope, so much meaning for the life. 
we have a dream that this country will be like good by us. And when you see that violence by Assad regime and all that forces, all that corrupted like system, and you are standing against that, you know, like this power that we have, it not can't just change Syria. It could change the whole world. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what happened, like, I don't feel or I don't think the regime like won that, you know, and they beating us in this. But the violence that they used, the Russian aircrafts, which were flying with them, the Iranian militia on the ground, Hezbollah militia, there was five armies in Syria trying to break that, you know. And Mm -hmm. at the end, after all of that, I know that we lost Aleppo. I know that we lost our city and we are now refugee out of that country. But when you see Farsama, when you came to the last minute, when we don't regret anything, even if Assad now sitting now in his palace, they lose and we won. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I found myself going back and forth because one part of me was saying, just leave, just leave, just leave. You can have an incredible life in Turkey. And the other part kept on asking, what do I believe in so much that I would be willing to do what these people have done? And it was a hard question for me to ask myself because I couldn't come up with anything. It was a reminder of what an easy life and how much we take for granted here. I really wish no one will go through that experience, but I'm sure, and I really did said that ages ago and in every screening, I'm trying to tell people about this. This is not about us. We didn't do any like heroic things, you know. We were there. This is our country. This is your place, your home the place where you planned your whole life. And suddenly when you feel that you will lose everything, you will stay and you will fight. And something about the BBS broadcast, I was so happy about that, to let people watch that in their homes. When they are watching for summer and looking at this, my experience, they will look at their children while they are in bed. They will look at their house, the place where they choose everything to be in very nice place or very nice decoration, just as they really want. If something happened to this place, you will fight. You will not like just leave. And this is not just us, you know. This is every human being. You will find hope. You will create hope even if you didn't find it. And you will stand. Yeah, I I thought there's nothing more a representative of hope than falling in love and having a child in the middle of a war zone. Uh, but speaking of Sama, yeah. uh, there's a scene uh, where you're in the bedroom. She might have been like, I don't know, she might have been six or eight months. Six months, yeah. Um, and a bomb goes off. And I see you, you sort of jerk. And she doesn't move at all. No. And there's something sort of, it's um, heart-wrenching, but also inspiring about the way the children endure uh, under these circumstances. How is Sama? Do you think there's been any residual effect? Has she been dealing with this in any way? She's very, very young. Yeah, uh, of course there is and there Mm -hmm. was. Uh, Right after we left Aleppo, we had quite tough time for like around six months with her as she was just walking up in the middle of night, Mm. uh, like not crying, but screaming. And in a way that sometimes she, I'm trying to hug her and she does, she, she can't feel anything around her. We were so aware that something could happen and it should happen. You know, what we went through, it wasn't like something normal at all. Mm-hmm. And we know how children, maybe they don't respond, but they will have something in in their body and in their emotion and their feeling. Uh, we, we tried to deal with this for the next like six months. We tried to listen to any doctor, to any therapist, to anyone who could just advise us with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's now much, much better. Um 
I'm I'm not uh, not aware if she's sometimes if she coming to my bed at in the middle of night if she just want to come because she just want to come as right. a little child <laughs> or if there's really something so I'm trying really to be aware so so much about that and because Hamza doctor and has some little experience and he read a lot about this circumstances so we had we are so aware if yeah. something happened how we can hopefully like respond to that but you know at the same time sama was so lucky as a child this family so lucky mm. uh, everything we went through i know it was so hard and so bad but at the same time when you look at the other children who still like now under that circumstances children who live now in camps or they don't have safe place uh, i hope what we are trying in the film is more to shed the light on these people sama is the heart of this film but it's not just about sama sama is just one symbol of any child who's still suffering in Syria until today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one point where you guys leave yeah. um, to visit a relative, and then you come back. And you, in, in order to come back, you have to go through the front lines. Yeah. And uh, your husband is holding Thama um, and trying, and it's sort of under the, the cloak of darkness, trying to sneak back into Aleppo. And I know a lot of people are going to watch and think, why? Why did you go back? So uh, we tried so hard for more than three months through the process of doing the film to find a clear answer for the people. Right. Because <laughs> I'm sure like so many people ask themselves this question and there was really no clear answer of that. We just know that we want to be back with these people. We lived with these people for five years. We know exactly what uh, this situation inside and we know exactly how like how much difference can anyone do in that situation mm-hmm. and we are not speaking about just like two more people besieged in this city we are speaking about one doctor and just a doctor will make a big difference in that situation also as a filmmaker um, i have the ability to film i have like my camera inside i have very good relationship with channels outside so we felt that anything we could do it really could help that situation mm-hmm. um throughout this documentary you are sort of constantly asking yourself and asking your daughter, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing for you, Sama? Uh, you know, should I be taking you out of here? Um, is the experience, this experience valuable? Am I teaching you through my example? Would it be selfish? It was such an interesting word to use. Yeah. Would it be selfish to leave? Did you ever get an answer to that question? No, but I'm really so proud that I was able to do that. And, you know, like, I didn't get that just from my experience. Uh, there's another family in the film, Salim Afra and their yes. kids. I was really looking through their experience to learn. What should I do with Sama? Mm-hmm. And they were really very great family. And I'm still learning from them until now. How are they doing? Uh, they are good, yeah. They live now in Turkey, in Gaziantep. And we just knew today that um, Afra had a visa to come join us in the BAFTA for the BAFTA Ooh, ceremony. Great. So this is the first time they will get out from Turkey to like be in one ceremony for the film. Right. So we are so excited about uh-huh. that. Uh, but, you know, like just as any mom all over the world, we wanted to do the best thing for our children, to protect them, to not let anyone like give them any heart. But at the same time, we want them to be like so uh, independent, like go through that very different experience in their life so I'm not sure what she will think when she will grow up and I'm really waiting to hear from her what she think about that but I hope I did the thing that I believe in Mm. Um, what do you hope people 
get out of this movie once they watch it? So, uh, unfortunately, the main thing about the film that this is not a story uh, happened and the end of that. We were lucky to survive while the same story is still happening right now. There is more than three million people who still have the same pain and the same suffering. And even now it's worse. There's a city called Idlib and these three million people living there, it's almost besieged between the Turkish border and the regime and the Russian and it's been bombed every day. Every day we woke up on that news about like 20 people were killed, one family was killed and you know like I don't know how long it will take the world to re- recognize that and realize that this should be the end. Mm-hmm. Also the the film is really like I hope every woman can be like encourage her to take what she really believe in for her children for herself and really challenge everything herself first and every community around her and stand for anything she really believe in. Also the refugees. I really wish everyone who see the film understand that the refugee is not something they dropped from uh, the sky. There's a reason why these people became refugee. There's a whole fight for them to not lose their country, to not uh, lose their home and their dreams. And it happened because there's a reason. And please anyone look at this refugee beyond what you see them here it's not an opportunity for them you know like to be here and they are happy about it we really fought everything just to stay in our country and it wasn't just allowed to us um i think you nailed that on every level the movie is called forsama wad al-khatib is the producer the director the creator I want to thank you so much for thank being here. So Congratulations again. And I encourage people to watch it. It is tough at times. You may want to look away and walk away at times, but come back and watch it to the very end and ask yourself, what do you believe in so much that you would be willing to make the sacrifices that the people have made? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. 
I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.